Welcome to Dr. Cindy Speaks. Regular musings and reflections on politics, current events. Dr. Cindy Banyer is a mom and small business owner fighting for our water, our health, our community. She's running for the people of Southwest Florida, trying to flip Florida 19 from red to blue. Listen as she speaks truth to power. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Cindy Banyer for Dr. Cindy Speaks, the daily diatribe for January 9th, 2023. And this is being recorded at 5.53 p.m. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. We had some technical difficulties. You may notice I'm using a different microphone today. So just working on making sure that we have the right technology and lost, unfortunately, some of our episodes last week. But glad to be back here for the... This is like the second Monday in 2023. Lots of things going on. We have the national championship for the NCAA football tonight. So I know lots of folks will be tuning into that. That's always a fun end to the season. I, speaking of a fun end to the season, I am a Lions fan, have been my whole life, which explains my perseverance. And one good thing did happen yesterday, and that was my beloved Lions did finish the season strong, finished above 500, almost made the playoffs, but knocked out Green Bay from the playoffs to end on a win. So we love to see that up in Detroit. So congratulations to my Detroit Lions. (laughs) Otherwise, things that are going on, there's been some really wild things happening. The first thing that I want to talk about is the coup attempt in Brazil. So you may have been following along or may have not, but Brazil had their presidential election in the fall. And the leftist candidate, Lula Silva, who had been president of Brazil previously, defeated the incumbent Jair Bolsonaro, who is a far-right Trumpist wannabe. Okay. And even though it seemed like there was, it was going to be okay. It came time for the transition of power to happen. Actually, Bolsonaro is here in Florida. I've seen accounts that he was meeting with Donald Trump. I've seen accounts that he in Buena Vista, somewhere here in Florida is where Bolsonaro is, but he had been very interested in being like Trump and said a lot of the things after the election that, of course, there was fraud and he would be the winner. And so in the same vein as January 6, 2021, uh, the attack on the U.S. Capitol, the Brazilian folks who are supporting Jair Bolsonaro attacked their presidential building, their Congress, and their Supreme Court running in thinking that they are, everybody's on their side. And then of course they should be reinstating Bolsonaro because of this fraud that Bolsonaro made up. And the, one of the interesting things that did happen in much of the same way it did happen on January 6th as well here in the United States is that these folks have been so manipulated with disinformation that they think that they're on the right side of things. So many of the folks in Brazil, when they saw the police and the military coming, they were like, oh, great, you guys are here to help us. And they're like, no, dude, you're totally invading the government. So we're here to arrest you. Um, Much in the same way that a lot of people, I think, thought that the government and the police were just going to roll over for them on January 6th. There's also some indication that Jason Miller and Steve Bannon from the Trump camp were involved in 
the helping to whip up and design this coup attempt by the Bolsonaro camp in Brazil. So this is a point again to how dangerous January 6th is, how dangerous Trump is, and how he's become the latest iteration of a dictator that other dictators and dictator wannabes around the world are following. But this time, rather scaring, scarily, they are dismantling democracies in places that for a pretty long time have had good processes and institutions to help make sure that we have a participatory democracy, that we have the voice of the people, that we have freedoms. And those are being dismantled by this group of folks. And we should be worried. But I do think that if the Trump folks, or frankly, any Americans were involved in disrupting the election in Brazil, that there should be some recourse and accountability for them as well. So hoping that situation in Brazil is called, that the rightful elected president is duly installed and they can continue to govern there and and really encouraging people in the international community to continue to look into this and hold those responsible for the disinformation and for the manipulation of elections accountable. So speaking of accountability, so we saw last week the entire just absolute dumpster fire that is the Republican-led 118th Congress. It took them 15 votes and nearly a punch in the face to Matt Gates in order to get their Speaker of the House elected, right? They finally came around to Kevin McCarthy. They gave all these, I don't know, sellout points to this group of 20 rebel, the rebel caucus here in Congress that includes my former opponent, Byron Donalds. Apparently, he was really gunning for some high-ranking committee positions and whatever. So they got everything that they wanted and came around. And anyway, so that is just the first sign of the disarray to come. And the Democrats stood in line with Hakeem Jeffries. But now the Republicans, in rather than focusing on governing the country and trying to do things that are important to people, they are back to get back at the Democrats. And they are talking, Byron Donalds himself said that he wants to impeach Joe Biden for whatever, some shit that they're going to make up because this is just now political tit for tat for them. They can't get over themselves and realize that Trump is a bigger problem than just the political components, right? That it's, that this is like the entire democracy at stake, but instead they're going to waste everybody's time with these stupid um, impeachments and whatever, trying to trump up false claims and stuff to go after Joe Biden. So that'll be ridiculous. They're going to waste time with that. But the really the one of the most concerning things is the desire of Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans to gut the House Ethics Committee. The House Ethics Committee is basically the watchdog for the House of Representatives themselves. They are charged with making sure that people are filing their disclosures appropriately, that they are not engaging in predatory behavior or sexual harassment. And they have led to some pretty significant things, including things like Marjorie Taylor Greene being stripped of her committees and even Katie Hill being forced out of Congress for her inappropriate relationship with a staffer. They hold an accountability role, really, for the people who are elected into, so that there's a way, actually. So if there's somebody in Congress who's acting inappropriately, that there's something that can be done. Because basically without that oversight, the only thing that can be done if somebody's really having extremely bad behavior, 
criminal behavior, whatever, is them is an election. Right? And although, yes, we should allow the people to decide, but there are circumstances where we should probably also self-govern as well and give the people an opportunity to select somebody else. Maybe there are things that they didn't know. And I think the George Santos case is an amazing example of, I think when you learn that everything about a candidate is a fraud after, after the election, because people were suppressing that information for political reasons, then you start to say, wait a minute, the voters have really been betrayed here. And if they go to Capitol Hill and they start manipulating their power and harassing staff members, or if they didn't disclose, or if they lied on their financial disclosures and they're not the person that, that they said they were, or they were fraudulent, then, then there should be some oversight and the people should get a do-over. Um, but that's not going to happen under the Republicans because they, although they talk about this responsibility and accountability, blah, 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 it's all smoke and mirrors because they're literally dismantling and gutting the House Ethics Committee. And that means that there will be no oversight of the behavior of the members, which is sad, but pretty, pretty par for the course, considering the criminals and the corruption that the the Republicans are engaging in. And they don't want anybody to oversee it. And they just want to be able to manipulate people in the way that they have been. And that's a real shame. So no actual accountability for the Republicans. It's actually dismantling accountability. So what else is going on? Another thing that was really getting people energized over the weekend was the Ron DeSantis takeover of New College in Sarasota. So this is part of the broader overreach of Ron DeSantis and his desire to turn everything in the state of Florida into this conservative freedom paradise, blah, 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 that he envisions. So there was a liberal arts college, small college in Sarasota. Ron DeSantis came, it's a public university, public college, but Ron DeSantis came over and appointed a whole bunch of very extremely conservative members to their board and has started to act really critically to not only new college, but other universities around the state in terms of their curriculum, the things that they're teaching, especially around, around race and diversity and equity and inclusion. He's even been criticizing diversity, equity, and inclusion programs at university. So this is something that higher ed and myself being involved in higher ed, we've been talking about for a while because it goes back to the, the 2020, it was, yeah, it was 2020 when the, um, Florida legislature passed this thing where they were going to start surveying everybody and trying to get the students and the professor's political view, which by the way, has failed. I've never taken it. I don't know anybody who has taken it. None of the students take it. It's not real. It was just something that they did in 2020 to politically get everybody going, say, oh, we're going to make sure that we're getting more conservative professors, blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is like, you have a, a fairly decent mix actually amongst professors, but as things go, when you become more educated, you start to understand the world a little bit more and you're not a gullible schlep that gets manipulated by the right and like the Florida Republicans that we have now. And that's just the fact of the matter. Even people who may be fiscally conservative or policy conservative are not MAGA folks because they have actual education and they can see the difference. But the fact of the matter is that there's actually, a, among other places that have been there, that have had studies around political persuasion and things like that, there's been no huge shift in the politics of university fac faculty at all. It's just been pretty much the same. And it takes a heck of a lot more than a 
professor's political persuasion to persuade a student. As I always say, like, if I can get them to read the syllabus, if I can persuade them to read a syllabus, I've done my job. I can't even get them to do that most of the time. So let alone me impressing my political opinions on them, that's just really not happening. And in fact, myself being who I am and the person who's out here talking in the media, running as a Democrat, I always get very good ratings from my students in their evaluations about the way that I address politics in class, because I do leave it open for them to think and explore. I do allow diverse ideology. Don't criticize people for thinking things in a different way. And I allow people to have that opinion and explore it. And that is 100% reflected in what the students have said about me over the past nine years that I've worked at FTCU. So if, and I even asked, because by the way, Ray Rodriguez, who also was a administrator at my university here in Florida, he was the one that co-authored that bill on whatever, policing and surveying the political idea, ideology of professors and students. And I, I actually point blank told him, I said, Ray, like, why did you do this? What's the point of this? He's I'm, I, I always get really reviews from my students and they never say that I'm political in class. He's like, not everybody's like you. And the question is like, if I am not the target of something like that, then really who is? And the point is nobody. They've just literally made this up. <laughs> like they just made it up as part of the narrative of this, the left and the liberal left and the liberal institutions. And it's a way to dumb down people, frankly, to dissuade them from university. It's a way to chill the professors and their academic pursuits and the way that they teach their classes. And sadly, it's it's going to ultimately hurt the students because it's making it really difficult to have these conversations that are very important. These woke conversations, as Rhonda Santos would call it, but as his lawyers pointed out, woke is just really the acknowledgement of systemic racism and the willingness to do something about it. And the data shows that there is systemic racism and has been. We deal with empiricism in higher ed. But anyway, everybody just wanted to put what's going on at New College on everybody's radar. Ron DeSantis is continuing his assault on higher education, and it's not going to help Florida. It's not going to help Florida in the long run. It's not going to attract the talent that we need to continue to have our robust economy. Because let's be clear, having educated people in our workforce is a necessity to keep our economy growing, right? We cannot just have a whole bunch of people without education who are in entry-level jobs and expect to have a robust economy. You just can't. It's a bad strategy. It's a bad strategy in the long run. It's a bad strategy in the short run. And it's just another way that Ron DeSantis is destroying Florida and doing the opposite of freedom, which is curtailing how professors and universities can make their classes and educate their students. So that's the end for today of the Daily Diatribe. I've been, I am Dr. Cindy Bannier of Dr. Cindy Speaks, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dr. Cindy Speaks. If you'd like to learn more about her, go to cindybanier.com or connect with her directly at vote at cindybanier.com. We love connecting with people.